0: If it's getting badly reviewed and no one's going to see it, it's something that you have to accept, you know, is a reaction to what you've made, and it can't always be good.
1: I'm Sean Fennessy, editor-in-chief of The Ringer, and this is The Big Picture, a conversation show with some of the most interesting filmmakers in the world. 17 movies, 33 years, two Oscar nominations... Box office hits and a spot in the Art House Hall of Fame. There isn't much that Gus Van Zandt hasn't accomplished in his filmmaking career. From his early independent triumphs like Drugstore Cowboy and My Own Private Idaho, to mainstream successes like Goodwill Hunting and Milk, Van Zandt has made modest but powerful movies about outsiders living on the fringes of society that have become etched into the culture. His latest, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, tells the story of the cartoonist John Callahan. Joaquin Phoenix, who got his big break from Van Zandt in 1995 and to die for, reunites with him to play Callahan, an alcoholic who was rendered quadriplegic after a car accident at 21 years old. Van Zandt's movie traces Callahan's simple but amazing story. I talked to the writer-director about reteaming with Phoenix, the role his late friend Robin Williams played in the film, and where to go after you've accomplished so much. Here's Gus Van Zandt. Sincere honor to be joined by Gus Van Sant. Gus, thanks for coming in. Thanks. Gus, this is your 17th film, and I'm wondering what it takes for you to decide to choose a project at this stage of your career.
0: So why this movie? Why now? Um, I think probably all of them are, are chosen because they're, they're things I don't know about, you know, things that I'm like sort of... They're worlds that exist as worlds that I haven't you know, ever been in them. So I sort of, in this case, the world of John Callahan his quadriplegia, his alcoholism, his cartooning the 12 steps were all sort of things that were mysterious and interesting at the same time.
1: Do you think of them as an opportunity to just dive in deep and then do a lot of research into those worlds? Is that why you choose them?
0: Yeah. And so what goes is. into that? What do you do? Where do you start? Or the, or that you're building the world from scratch because you don't really know about it, so you're you're following leads and you know like sometimes the person next to you knows knows all about it, you know, so you're listening to people talk about it and and creating. Do you feel the need system. to be
1: really faithful to that?
0: No, I'm not. To the book, you mean?
1: Yeah, to any, that's kind of source material.
0: Like in general, like that's sort of something that gets me involved in, you know, projects in general. Uh, but in this case, I mean, it was an invitation by by a friend or by Robin Williams, who was an actor and a friend um, that I'd worked with in Goodwill Hunting who had optioned the book. And he wanted to play John, so he invited me to help create a screenplay for it in the '90s. Yeah, this was
1: many years ago. Yeah. And and was his passing did that spur this back in your mind? This this the idea for this film?
0: Because he died, yeah. yeah. Because Robin died, um, Sony Pictures had called and said, um, "We have this book. Are you interested in interested in it? You used, used to be involved in it, so are you still interested?" And I. I started writing a new adaptation to see if I was interested, and um, before I really fully answered them, I created a screenplay on spec, and I went in with Joaquin and sort of pitched it, something they already owned, and they decided not to do it. Fascinating. So even though they had it, and I was interested, and I created a new screenplay, which was really more for me than it was for them. And brought a star in. Brought a star in who was interested as well. Uh, they weren't interested so they did allow us to take it elsewhere interesting is that something you've done before that seems pretty risky to devote that kind of time to something um yeah i don't remember what period like when i went in and pitched it i might have not only done sort of a rough draft then gone in pitched it and then worked on it some more but with joaquin i i had an early draft
1: that's so interesting how important is it to you for you to be a writer on some of your projects now? Because you wrote a lot of your early films, and then you've worked on a lot of uh, adaptations of other screenplays. Is it, is it something you want to do more of as, as time goes by? Do you like
0: doing it when it's yours? Um, recently, yeah, I've been wanting to do projects that are mine. Why? In a lot of cases, you're reading some material that you're relating to and you're kind of bringing to life, but you haven't really constructed it. Somebody else constructed it. You've gotten into the construction, you're sort of interested in the construction, but if you have more to do with the construction, there's just more um, skin in the game, I think.
1: It's often observed that the characters that you gravitate towards are outsider figures or on the fringes in some respects. Is that a conscious thing for you, the people that you're attracted to, or is that just something that someone says to you and it becomes known as a thematic quality of your work?
0: Well, it started with Malanoche. hmm I have been sort of interested in, like, when I do one thing, I, I tend to do more than one. I like Drugstore Cowboy was another one that was similar, and then My Own Private Idaho was the third one. And then after that, I did Even Cowgirls Get the Blues, which was quite different, not really the fringes. It was like an unknown world, but it wasn't really... The same type of fringe element mm-hmm. that the other ones had.
1: Did you purposefully do that to say I'm not just the person who does these kinds of stories?
0: No, I, I wasn't really trying to make a statement. I w- I was just reacting to like <clears throat> things as they came. You know, like um, like something new was welcome because I maybe had done three different projects that had similarities. The newness of cowgirls was was very welcome.
1: What's it like, you know, Cowgirls, was, it seemed like it was a complicated movie. It was not as acclaimed as as um, your previous three films. And I was thinking about this with The, the Sea of Trees as well. It was not as acclaimed. You know, what, what is it like for you to receive that kind of criticism? How does your career go forward after stuff like that? Because um, m- for the most part, I would say
0: 95% of your films are wildly acclaimed. You take take, you know, roll with the punches, mm-hmm. I guess. Because, you know, if it's not, if it's getting badly reviewed and no one's going to see it, it's something that you have to accept, you know, is a reaction to what you've made, and it can't always be good. How important is it for you, for a lot of people, to go see your films at this stage? I, you, you kind of always want people to see what you're making, so I mean, it's it's important. Are you doing like a mental calculus for if it
1: makes this much money, it's good or does it no, do no,
0: no? I mean, most of my movies haven't made that much, mm-hmm.
1: but you have had um, a few <clears throat> bursts of massive success too. I wonder if that yeah. shifts the scales in any way.
0: I mean, not really in my world, mm-hmm. you know, and not in the types of films that I've tried to make. They're usually somewhat new or risky. So um, I haven't really been playing that kind of game. I think I would have played, if I was playing that kind of game, I would be, I would probably be playing it with a lot more money.
1: Has that, has that been something you've ever wanted to try, a big, massive production? Yeah, I'd love to try
0: it. Yeah? But it's hasn't happened. Okay. I'm not sure why.
1: This is interesting that you're reunited with Joaquin. I feel like the first time a lot of people saw Joaquin was
0: in To Die For. And you hadn't worked together since then. Is that right? Uh, No, we haven't. We've been in touch with each other, but we haven't uh, worked on anything. So this was, um, you know, one of the attempts that we have had in the past that, you know, to work together that worked out. I mean, there was good chances that it wasn't going to work out, but— but yeah, it made it.
1: How much time passed from that pitch session at Sony to getting this movie out the Three ground? years. Three years, mm-hmm. and he was he was willing to do it and on the line the whole time, or does his
0: schedule um, have to free he, up? No, he had he had other things that he was doing. At first, it was just sort of like a hypothetical, and then eventually it became like a scheduling thing.
1: What is the conversation that you have with an actor like that about getting interested in a project? Is it that you guys have a commonality of interest in Callahan's life and say, yes, I'd like to work on this and do this? Or does he have something new that he wants to add to it?
0: I think I sent Joaquin the book that John had written about his life. And I think that's the thing that he said he was very interested in. And then from there, I was creating a script as I was making different drafts. Okay.
1: Has his style or approach to acting changed at all since you guys first worked
0: together? No, I mean he he at twenty when he did To Die For, he was very um, committed to a character, almost like uh, obsessed with the character. Um, when he did it, I can remember um, all the little steps and how sort of excited he was about like everything he could sort of put into this character, and same with John. I mean, he became like very. You know, like a student of partly John and then part of his partly his creation of John. Does he spend
1: all of his time on set in a wheelchair? I mean, is it a truly immersive in no, that way?
0: No, no, he's not immersive like in a in that kind of a way. But he is like totally studying it all the time. How much access
1: do you have to the? Is there a John Callahan estate? Do they? Uh, do you have to get people to agree to communicate about those things?
0: I mean, we were hoping to get. A collaboration with the estate, and mm-hmm. we met the um, the brothers. He has like numbers of brothers, and uh, who ran the estate. And they were super happy. They knew about the project for years and years. Since it had been, we'd been working on it since the nineties. They were happy that it was finally coming together. So that we accomplished. They had a lot of access to like the cartoons that mm-hmm. we, we were going to be using. It was important, important emotionally to have their their um, favor, and then also cartoon-wise.
1: Walk me through the building of the character that Jonah Hill plays, who I think is going to surprise some people. It's a really great performance, very different from anything he's done before. You know, how did you land on him and how did you guys end up getting to where you did with this character?
0: The basics of Donnie were in the book um, when John first went to AA. He was very nervous and he was afraid to speak and he was afraid of, like, everyone there and he didn't know if it was a cult or, or what to think until Donnie walked up to the mic and cracked a joke. And John, in his book, says he was rocking that Tom Petty look or a Tom Petty look. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of put him in perspective and the idea that he had cracked this joke about, you know, he had two pairs of pants, one with shit in them and one without, and he didn't care which one he was wearing which was the joke. Um, but um from there um asking Jonah to play the role, we had filled Donnie out quite a bit quite a bit because in the book he's he's in chapter 5 a lot of it's about Donnie chapter 5 but it doesn't really go in so far into the details as we do in the movie. That mostly came from building it, you know, just sort of like scene by scene and also um John's recollections of Donnie which were more things that happened in in interviews rather than the book he very much like sort of gave Donnie credit for saving his life so um it was kind of those two two things together were, were what kind of were inspiring us to make Donnie like a mentor to John and when Jonah came on um we tried to see if Rocking the Tom Petty look was possible mm-hmm. by using a um, blonde wig, and it looked pretty possible. So we pursued that. Jonah added a lot with his just interpretation of what we had written.
1: He has a very interesting style. His yeah. sartorial approach is, uh, is very memorable. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's interesting about this movie is the structure of it and the way that you tell the experience that John has, how he eventually becomes. Um, uh, injured and is finds himself in a wheelchair. And it's it's a bit shattered at times. And I'm, I was wondering, when, you, when you're writing a story like this, even though you're basing it on a book, are you putting it in that distinct order or are you building it linearly and then smashing it up when you start editing the film?
0: Well, because I'd already made um, two different drafts with <laughs> writers. There had been a lot of work already. I knew the book very well. Um, and I think what I was doing when I was writing the new draft was um, – Just going to my favorite parts and um, writing those out um, without any particular order and then connecting them with um, appearances that he made on stage and also um, working with his own group, telling his story. I was sort of connecting the kind of greatest hits, scenes that I'd remembered with those scenes just to see if that would work. So it was already smashed up pretty much.
1: Is, are those spe- those scenes where he's speaking in front of people, are those also in his book, or where did those come from?
0: No, they're not in—I don't think that they're in the book. Um, he refers to a night that he, he has where it's a night with John Callahan where he's very nervous. He doesn't really go into detail about their performance. Um, there's a number of—I um, can't remember where we, where we got that. I never saw the actual— Night with John Callihan, it exists on tape, I found out recently. Oh, wow. But I didn't get to see that. Um, I think we just made it up. We just, you know, um, I had done enough appearances on stage to, like, just kind of wing it. Um, John had a lot of things in the book to talk about that we just sort of put on stage Mm -hmm. about his life, about things that happened in his life. So we took things from the book and kind of— had him, had him say them on stage.
1: It's really fascinating. What, um, well, hopefully you can help explain kind of the context of independent film right now. You know, this movie is being, uh, distributed by Amazon, mm-hmm. which is significantly different than maybe how movies were distributed four or mm-hmm. five years ago. You've lived through, worked through a few cycles of this now. What, what do you make of it in the way that movies are funded? Is it easier, harder for you now as a filmmaker?
0: Well, this particular Amazon release isn't really different from, you know, say, uh, the late 80s when I started out. Um, it's even the same people. I mean, the same uh, theaters, the same uh, people that had produced before Ted Hope at Amazon. He's working at Amazon, but he he was originally in the business of financing movies and calling together uh, foreign sales to produce movies. Um, Bob Burney is... Very experienced in theatrically releasing films, so as of yet, it's not that much different than the past for me um and it will end up on Amazon's like website so in that in that context it is it is different that part is different
1: as a filmmaker, how do you feel about films being watched in those services versus in the
0: theater um I'm all for it I mean yeah. Yeah. You just want more people to be able to see your films? It's always been—the theatrical exhibition has always been, you know, one of, like, how can we make the most money? You know, like, the reason they built the movie palaces was so they only had to show, like, one print to thousands of people rather than, you know, having thousands of Nickelodeons that each person— Nickelodeon was, like, an early version of an iPhone. It's about the same size, and you watched movies on it like you would watch YouTube— so it's just, it's a little different if people are watching it on iPhones or projecting it at home or watching it on a computer. But it's still a a platform of sorts.
1: So you're you're platform agnostic at this point? I think so. Okay.
0: I mean, it's there's a romance to seeing something on a really big screen in a big theater. But it's <clears throat> the most romantic when it's, say, like a thousand-seat theater and it's an old movie palace. I mean, that's always going to be amazing
1: I do like seeing it that way still how do you how do
0: you figure out where to go
1: next at this point
0: well usually for me I like I like to see what happens when the film comes out and see what people think and then move from there will
1: you tweak something on your next film based on the reception of your previous film no no you, you mean change the edit no 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 just say like I was gonna do this movie but actually maybe I should oh, do this because yeah, yeah. I, I would really I think I would is there anything that you regret not doing that you Walked away from at some point?
0: Hmm. Only movies that have um, done well. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I walked away from... Um, Who's the star? I um, remember, Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, and oh, The gay, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Yes. I, I walked away from that. Um, that did go on to be quite successful. <clears throat> and that was huge. Yeah, yeah. that was huge. Um, and that was all my fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that must be mild, mildly frustrated. Yeah.
1: But... Who knows? In the, if you were to do it, maybe it would have been a different thing. And
0: yeah, that's true. You too. never can tell. What's your Call favorite me by, my, by your name? That was one. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. You but I a... think
0: that definitely would have been different. Yes, and probably not. My version probably wouldn't be have been as good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure. That's maybe another episode of this show. Um, what's your favorite thing about making films at this point?
0: I mean, I I like writing them. I mean, it's sort of the the difficulty and the excitement of writing something is. Is the most exciting thing for me. Um, shooting them is the most, the hardest part. Editing is, is kind of fun. Um, but really, just writing I think is the most fun.
1: Is the writing any easier or
0: more difficult as time goes by? Uh it seems about the same. Yeah. What is your
1: process? Are you sequestered somewhere alone, not to be usually, disturbed?
0: Well, usually, like in the morning, I'll write for three hours, and then everything else is kind of done. Um, Later, if something's done later, it would be more like editing or researching, something like that. And then the next morning, I'll write again for three hours.
1: Okay. What are you going to do next? Do you know? I don't know. So I end every episode of the show by asking filmmakers what's the last great thing that they have seen. So what is the last great thing that you have seen, Gus? It's really up to you how seriously you take the work right here <laughs> in this question.
0: Well, I was watching um, the TV show Pose, mm-hmm. which is FX, which I, I thought was, was really good. What did you like about it? I just like that they were able to get into that world and make it seem realistic.
1: Okay. Gus, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of The Big Picture. For more on Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, please check out TheRinger.com where Adam Naiman reviewed the film and wrote about Van Sant's career. And if you like movies, check out the Rewatchables. We're doing a special one about the 10-year anniversary of Step Brothers. And if you like reading about Step Brothers, there is an amazing oral history on the site by Alan Siegel, so check that out too.